What's up, y'all? It's Looney Butt, and you just tuned into my voyage to success, episode two. Hey. So, if you're tuning in right now, you're probably trying to get more of an understanding on me, or you know what this podcast is about. And this podcast is pretty much about just being on a voyage to success in everything that comes with it. So just the whole life part, the ups and the downs that come with it. And um, this episode is about the first step. And the first step is just facing, facing your trauma. Talking about your trauma and being able to talk about it without, you know, hurting, without, you know, the pain. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, it might, it might hurt a little bit. But in order to be successful, in order to, to, to you know, be at peace and get more connected with yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. You're going to have to face those traumas that once had you broken as a person. So I want to talk about the trauma that I faced that had me broken as a person. Growing up, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. My mom, she stayed in the East. She stayed in the house. She didn't stay in the projects. My grandmother stayed in the projects. She stayed in Linden. And, um, I always used to go to my mom's house. You know, my mom was a, a 911 operator at the time. And just being in that environment alone is already draining. You know, you see a lot. You see crackheads, you know, you see, you got the pissy elevators, with the dog shitting it, the uh, rapists in the area. They sending the kids note homes, notifying their parents, you name it. But while dealing with all of that, I also was dealing with abuse. Now, this abuse started from what I can remember being in kindergarten. Um, I even remember going to kindergarten, graduation, you know, with a black eye. And I remember how I got that black eye. Like, I got that black eye because I told my mom that I think these boys, it was these brothers, I think they like me because they keep picking on me. And I got that black eye. But um, it, it started from there. And the abuse, as I grew up, gotten worse. I went into foster care. Before I went into foster care, I lost my dad. I lost my dad at the age of, I think I was seven. And that was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking because, you know, I, I was the oldest. Of, of the of my siblings, of my dad kids, and you know, I knew that at the time I knew that him and my mom wasn't together, you know. And I know I used to he used to come and pick me up, and you know, take me to his house, and you know, spend time with me. I remember being around my sister and her sister, and you know, the mom and things of that nature. But one thing I also remember is just the way my mom, you know, talked really down about him as a person. And it really hurt me because, you know, he didn't show me that he was that type of a person. He just did his, you know, did what he could or what he, you know, 
can do at that time as as a parent, you know. So I, I remember the good times with him. So when he passed away, you know, I was really devastated. Um, and it was crazy. I remember it like it was yesterday because I just woke up with this feeling that he was no longer here. And I remember my mom being on the, uh, the phone with my uh, sister's mother. And they were talking and next to her, she just got real, like, her voice just started shaking up. And I asked her, I asked her, I said, is he, is he dead? And she looked at me and just started, you know, just started freaking out. And at that point right there, I knew that I had a special gift because I didn't know, you know, the conversation of anything that was going on. But I just knew that he wasn't here anymore, you know what I mean? And so that pretty much took a toll on me. The next year, I think it was the next year or two years later, my aunt passed. Now, my aunt was four years older than me. And her and my cousin and I always was together, you know. I slept with her in the bed at nighttime. You know, we, we just always was together when I was with my grandmother. And so her and my cousin were in a car accident, and she didn't make it. And um, when I say that that was the most scariest feeling in the world, that was the most scariest feeling in the world. I was so afraid because that night I stayed with my grandmother and I remember hearing my aunt brace, bracelets. We all have bracelets, we have bangles and stuff that make, you know, certain sounds. Like we would know who's in the kitchen just by the sound of their bracelets. So that night I kept hearing it and I, I, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I remember, I'll never forget it, we was watching Bones watching the movie Bones with Snoop Dogg and my grandma she can't hear like the low noises like that so you know I'm looking at her like oh my god did she not hear this you know like I'm, I'm freaking out I'm freaked out and so I started hearing um my grandmother's face she had this face in her living room it was like a glass face with glass flowers and that also made a noise too so you were like she even knew like when we were touching that face and I started to hear it and I'm, I'm now I'm really freaking out you know and then when it was time to go to sleep, I didn't want to sleep in her bed. And I slept with her every day. We always slept together. I didn't want to sleep in her bed. My grandma had a foster baby that loved her. And when I came in that room to lay down at night, she kept calling her name. And at that time, I was like, what is happening to me? I'm thinking in my head, like, you're crazy for thinking this. Like, why would you think she's here you know it was just so much i was so scared i was shaking i had the chills i didn't know what to do i woke up that morning to my grandmother i hear her talking but she's talking like she she's panicking and my grandmother used to be on the toilet for a long time so she's on the toilet and um when i got up i see two white men in trench coats and they told me that my aunt didn't make it and at that time i feel like i i lost like I didn't know what to think because I knew that something wasn't right. And I felt like she was no longer here, but just to hear that confirmation, I just, you know, as a child, it's like, you know, how do you explain it? How do you explain that when you knew the whole time? And that's where the trauma began for me. I started to feel even more isolated. My family knew I was getting abused, but it wasn't really, they didn't do anything to help. 
And, you know, I don't know if they didn't help because they were afraid. They didn't know how to handle it. You know, my mom was a very, she has a very strong, 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 dark personality. So I don't know if, you know, that that was the situation. But I, I do know that they didn't help. And I moved to, I ended up moving to Virginia when I was 12. And from there, it got worse. The abuse got worse to the point where I had to sit in front of a judge. And the judge told me that. I had to go to juvenile detention for a little while until he found me somebody that was going to take care of me because my mom wasn't capable of taking care of me and that she wasn't meant to be a mother. That alone, just, just from kindergarten to 11, I just... I just didn't know, you know, I knew that there was a reason and I, I remember me asking God, like I remember me when I remember being in foster care, asking God, like I'm screaming at him, like I'm screaming on the top of my lungs, just crying, like just so much pain and just so much hurt. And I'm asking him, like, why me? Why me? Like, I didn't do anything. Like, what did I do wrong? You know, was it because I cheated on my math test? Like, what did I do wrong? You know? And... I was like, what's my purpose? What is my purpose? What is my purpose? I went home to my mom. I got out of foster care and I went home to my mom and I went right back in the next month. Same thing. I went right back in the first month, I mean the next month. And I don't know if anybody has been in foster care, but to those who have been in foster care, you know what it's like. And the, no matter how hard that person tried, it's like you're always going to feel like you don't belong. So many times I got introduced as my foster sister or my foster child, never by my name, you know. And I can't explain, like that that type of feeling right there, like it, it hurts, it sucks. Because people look down upon foster kids. Because a lot of foster kids are, are hurt. And are damaged, you know? So just to be called a foster kid and not your name, like, that that really hurts, you know? I ended up turning 18, and I sat in front of that same judge that put me, that put me in foster care the first time. And I told him, you know, I was pregnant. I, um, I had my baby, my first baby. And I told him that, you know, I, I, I had dreams that... I was going to become something myself and I, one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to go into the military. And I remember him telling me like, you know, I've been with you for these, these people with me for about what, three, three, four years. And he said, out of all my cases, I could see that you are different. I could see that you are going to be somebody. You know, just cause you're 18 and you're in foster care, that doesn't mean that you just, you know, you just, that's it. Like, you just turn 18 and you get out. They have to accept you. They have to, you know, approve for you to get out. So he approved for me to get out. And that's when I started my life as being on my own. I went through physical and verbal 
abuse with my child's father. You know, I my mom was still there, but I think my mom had so much like anger towards me. It was like she wasn't she just it, it just wasn't right. It wasn't right. My kid's father ended up getting incarcerated and I went ahead and went back into I went ahead and went into the service. And when I went into the service, that's where my life really, really started to change. I thought that, you know, me going into the service, but one, I thought that going into the service means that, you know, I'm going to be out here fighting for my life and, you know, all the stuff like that. But no, it was different. It was different. It was, it was, it was bittersweet. It was rough. I literally walked into another situation of verbal and mental abuse. Abuse. Literally. My first sergeant, I remember my first sergeant, he was racist. I don't know what his thing was towards black women, but he did not like black women. And um, he just, you know, I he used to just do things that would prevent me from progressing. You know, my I remember my knees being messed up and, you know, him taking my x-rays and throwing them in the trash, you know, so I couldn't get the help that I needed. And basic training, I remember just being choked out by a drill sergeant. I mean, when I say choked out, y'all, I mean choked out like I'm on my knees and he's pushing my head down and... The, the IB, I had IBA plates on, so if you know, like, about the, the military um, bulletproof vest, it's, it's plates. So the plates is, is cutting off my circulation, and I just remember my battle buddy just looking at me. White boy, he's just looking at me, just screaming because he's he's scared. He's scared, and I just remember, like, the, the, the life, like, being taken away from me. Like, my body just becoming weak, and my hands just, just falling. And them taking my clothes off. And, you know, at this point, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm scared. You know, I don't have nobody. And I'm thinking to myself, like, my God, what did I do? Like, what did I do? So my whole military experience just, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I thought I was going to be free. I thought I was going to, you know, be happy, be at peace. And that wasn't. I remember coming home, and as I'm coming home, I just, I'm not able to see my child. I'm not able to see my child. I'm being told that my child doesn't want to be bothered at the age of two. I'm about to continue this, y'all. I just have to stop and go into work, but um, tune in for part two.